0: Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of Spy Hearts Podcast. I'm Agent Scott, and usually I am joined by Cam the Provocateur, but this week I am going solo for our second Spy Master interview celebrating 2015's James Bond film, Spectre. And joining me shortly on the show is Miss Janie Tamim, world-renowned costume designer, House of the Dragon black widow harry potter six underground oh and a couple of films called skyfall Spectre. now bit of a strange one when it comes to recording this this was done over the phone so it's very much sort of question and answer based and we'll be jumping right into the interview itself so joining me now miss jenny tamim okay so the first question we have for you um and just taking us all the way back what made you interested in costume design
1: I always wanted to do it. From um, my little girl time, I was racing my doll. I was putting them together. I was designing costume for them, making costume for them. Uh, It's always what I wanted to do. And after university, I started in Elle magazine. And from fashion, I went to film and I started in costume straight away. And my dream came true.
0: It certainly did. I mean, uh, it, looking at your filmography, it's uh, quite fantastic, the films that you've worked on. But I, I think let's uh, let's get into the James Bond of it all, because you know, we're, we're celebrating James Bond this week on the show. So how did you get started with Bond?
1: Uh, Sam Mendes contacted me. He, he wanted to work with me. He had seen my work on Harry Potter, and then we met, and then... Um, I really liked him and I think he liked me, and then that's how I started Skyfall, which was actually a challenge because it's always difficult to take over a franchise. And I know that Sam wanted to modernize it, at least bring his input, because it is true that when we started it, we had to uh, change, we had to um, make it. um, uh, we we had to give a uh, different um, allure to um, to James Bond we had uh, some water to make more um, to give him a, 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 not a human being I mean to give him other quality than just the action quality he wanted to see the man behind um, the agent and uh, I think that reflects in the costume as well. Anyway, I, I just wanted with Danielle to create um, costume where we could also see his amazing physical ability. Uh, I wanted to give him costume which were fitting, uh, much more, much more tight fitting, so you could see um his incredible musculature when he was running i wanted to give a, a sort of second skin uh, costume not like a costume usually when a man is in costume you think when a man is in a suit you think that he's dressed up for the office and i wanted to create costumes suits which were so um elegant but in the same time sexy and tight fitting that uh, you you could see the the muscle of his legs when he was running i just wanted to create with the help of tom ford who was amazing uh, a suit that lots of men would like to buy because it was not anymore a uniform to wear in the office but something that you will wear to look extremely gorgeous and sexy and ready for action
0: what was it like working with tom ford in sort of creating the suits for daniel and the way he was attired
1: he was wonderful because he gave me the complete the total freedom of doing whatever i want he sent me his tellers and he said just your costume designer or i'm myself a director I know what film is about and it's uh, your job. So please, uh, those are my teller and do whatever you want, which I thought was incredible. So uh, we created those suits with his tellers. And i must say he was very, very happy of what we did, especially about the dark blue tuxedo. Thought it was a great idea and the Toxido turnout being absolutely the double Toxido of Skyfall is absolutely gorgeous, and then for Spectre we had a white jacket, uh, which uh, we, we found the ID where we were fitting him at Top Ford in in New York. Um, suddenly out in, in the collection was a white jacket and 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 um, um, Daniel it and it was so beautiful on him that we got that whole idea of having again um, a white tuxedo or a white jean of jacket because I I wanted something a little bit romantic for the train and then the white jacket was perfect and from that point on we created that costume. So, you know, my collaboration with uh, Tom Ford was absolutely uh, amazing, I must say. He he, he gave me all the freedom I needed and a wonderful help that his uh, uh, team can can give me. He, he, he respected my my test and um, we worked br- brilliantly together. His team is amazing.
0: Well, my next question is, you know, when it comes to dressing and designing a character, that you know, by this point with Skyfall, it had been 50 years of James Bond. It was a big anniversary film. Where do you start when looking back on those 50 years?
1: Well... I, I had in the dressing room, in the fitting room, I had a picture of Sean Connery in uh, pulling the cuff under his jacket. And I remember that every time I was fitting Danielle, Daniel was looking at that picture on the wall. You know, it's in a way very difficult to do a James Bond film because you have to Constantly update the costume. You cannot design a James Bond film now like you were designing it 50 years or 60 years ago. Uh, The world changed. Not only the fashion, the world changed. The conception of a man towards a woman, of a born girl, is completely different now than it was 60 years ago. Lea Seydoux, which was the born girl in... um, starting in Skype for, for inspector, special um, inspector. She was a businesswoman. You know, she works. She's a doctor. She works. She is um, not so much business, but she is a, a working woman and a high-ranking working woman. So, so in the, while the clothes she wear could be sexy, but in the same time, they reflect her job. So, it's a completely different thing that what a bomb girl was 50 years ago. You have to have women who can work in their clothes, who can fight, of course, in their clothes because they always finish fighting, but who have who are very adapted to the modern world and still be sexy. Skyfall was um, easier in a way because a born girl work, in know. I mean, she in Macau. She work in. She's in that casino. So it was easier to establish her in an evening wear straight away. But even though she has other scene, and I was really trying to make up as modern as possible, and the same inspector with uh, with Leah, I did. Uh, I did what I could to give her. Um, something so contemporary that a lot of other women could recognize themselves
0: in her. Yeah, outside of James Bond himself, what were some of your favorite costumes that you designed for the other characters in both Skyfall and Spectre?
1: It, it must be... I love, I love, like I was talking about it, I, I love the, the Bond girls. It was very enjoyable to design for them. Um, the dress that Leah is wearing in the train is one of my favorite dresses. I wanted something 1930, like because of all this romanticism, the travel in the train, and uh, going to Morocco. And I wanted something a little bit um, from that glorious period. And so I wanted something quite simple and that she looks all more nude because it's the first time that he sees her in, in something uh, a little bit glamorous. So the satin work brilliantly. Actually, we took a crepe and we dyed it in that Nile green. And after that, we cut that dress and we dyed it again to make sure that it was that exact green that i wanted and with the light of oito Otter Otoma, she she looks completely naked because the dress is is just sculpting her body and it was so beautiful the way uh, uh, the way it worked and the way it moved we had because of the fight sequence we had 10 of those dresses. So we met 10 of those dresses. And I have a very funny story about it because when we had the exhibition, the bone exhibition in Paris, that dress was on the stand. And at the end of the exhibition, they they realized that a little bit of the dress have been cut. Like somebody wanted to take a sample at the bottom of the fabric, maybe to remake it. It was very funny because it was, it was that little empty triangle. Somebody who has been snipping <laughs> and cutting a piece of the that dress. That's,
0: a, that's very, very naughty of them. Maybe someone just wanted a bit of cinema history there.
1: No, I don't know if it was history or just I was I'm more prosaic, so I thought it was more a sample to remake it. But, but maybe it was a piece of history. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was, oh, you are more romantic than I am. I
0: think so, maybe it was. <laughs> I've never been called romantic, but I appreciate you saying it. <laughs> now, I mean, one of the marvellous things about your two uh, Bond films, I think, in terms of costuming, is that fantastic pre-title sequence in Spectre in the sort of Day of the Dead in, in Mexico. And, and, you know, one of the largest groups of extras ever assembled in film. Just, oh. Can you speak a little bit about the challenge of costuming that?
1: It was more than 3,000. I don't know. It was incredible. I don't don't even... I think 3,000, more than 3,000, it was incredible. But what was actually good, when I started Spectre, the script was not finished. They were rewriting the script. So the only sequence which was established and sure was the Day of the Dead. So I had, in a way plenty of time to do it I mean plenty of time when you think about film time I had I had more time to prepare it than usually it would have been put on because I, I had to wait for the script so went to Mexico got of course before going to Mexico lots of documentation so I knew exactly what I wanted and I knew that some wanted to stay around the theme of death wedding Um, that's what the story was about. So we had to choose the themes out of all the themes that you can see in the Day of the Death. We had to choose more of those themes because they were following our story. So went back to Mexico, got a team over there, Wonderful people, great team, very great people. Uh, and we started a workroom there, a workroom of maybe two hundred people, and we started making those costumes. I basically decided uh, designed ten shapes, and all those shapes were multiplicated. Like, for instance, was a shape of a dress and the dress exists in in shorts, in long. And in order that you can mismatch, and then each one of the dresses had diff- different sort of fabric. So, actually, with twenty design, I could get two hundred, and from the two hundred, I could get again two thousand because it was quite uh, different. The most, the most, um, the most difficult was the breaking down because those all those costumes had to be broken down to be made old and to be made live and to give them that sort of fantasy and ghosty like um, and uh, that was, so we had maybe, we had a breaking down of 50 people, very creative people, all coming from from the Art Academy in Mexico, and they did that breaking down, painting, splashing, giving costume, amazingly. Then I had another team of 25, again, artists, uh, making the mask. All the masks were ma- made in, in, in Mexico, incredible. Because that's something that I don't know, it's so much in their culture. So I, I really thought it was better to let them do. And they did. And they were making masks for, for six, I think six months. Because we I started in October with them and we shot much later. And they were just making masks and masking masks and making masks. And then next to that, I had seen somewhere um, those paper dresses, amazing paper dresses. those the, the the people are poor, they are creating costume with what they have, and I saw a picture of those dresses in um, huge crinoline dresses in paper napkins and in paper plates, and it was incredible. And I showed this picture to my assistant, my Mexican assistant. Anna, and I said, Anna, it would be incredible if we could make those dresses. And she said, yes, we can. Because nothing was impossible. They were so enthusiastic about it. And we made those dresses, and they are incredible. And we see them when uh, when they come down from the hotel, you know, Daniel and, uh, and his girlfriend, also beautiful actress, beautiful dress, beautiful mask, and... Uh, um, but and it was an amazing experience. I really, really enjoyed that scene. I also enjoy designing. Uh, I had two costumes for uh, for Daniel, two two sketches for him to choose. The first one is the one that you know with the long coat, which was quite gothic in a way. And the other one was with a poncho to make him really look like a Mexican man. And Daniel very, very, very. Uh, Cleverly choose for the gothic one. And we had his mask made in London because it had to be articulated that she could uh, that she could talk and see and watch and and it's incredible because when you look at Daniel in that costume, although it's no way that you can recognize him, you know it's him because of his walk, because of the light of his eyes. Through the hole of the mask, it was um, it was him all the way. So I I could recognize him. I don't know if the other people could recognize him. I don't know if you could recognize him, but I could recognize him. Well,
0: it just goes to show. I mean, there's a reason why you won an award for your work on Spectre.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: I mean, looking back, you you managed a large-scale event there with the Spectre thing, but looking back on, say, all the way back to Dr. No that had a a budget of just over a £1,000 for its wardrobe and two people working on it, what's it like now working on these sort of large-scale events?
1: First, I cannot believe that they just had two people working on it because the crew of uh, Bond were always spectacularly big and you never really know. And on top of that, i don't think that we we did not have in london a very big crew We had a very big crew in Mexico because we had to make more than 3,000 costumes and you cannot make 3,000 costumes with two people. And it was so many different departments in Mexico. You had the makers, you had the dyer, you had the mask makers, which is a complete different department. You had um, the the, the the, dyer, the people just working, making flowers. I mean, it was a very complex things. Um, working with feathers and paper is a completely different work than working with uh, than a normal teller. So, um, no, I never thought that the crew were particularly big. They are. They were big because of the number of costumes we had to make.
0: I think. I think. Like just to dig into that, just a little bit more though, before we we press on with another question. You know. It, The scale has obviously grown from the first Bond film to now. uh, But also, you know, looking at...
1: The industry is also different. You cannot compare. You cannot compare the camera crew. What they were, what they are now you cannot compare the visual effect crew you cannot compare the cinema in um, you can you cannot compare the, the cinema in 2024 with the cinema in the 60s it's a complete different industry and
0: costume is a part of it so of course it changed well, I, I think before I, I sort of wrap us up on, on any sort of Bond questions, um, I mean, the main one I have left over, and I, and I think it, it, it's an important one to ask, is looking back on your contribution to to James Bond, I mean, Skyfall itself still remains the largest box office for any Bond film in history, and, and that's partly it's to do with favorite. your work.
1: My favorite. Listen, let's put it that way. It's my favorite. I, I, I saw it again recently, and I thought it was brilliant. But, Bond, this is personal. <laughs> Everybody has his favorite Bond film.
0: Absolutely. I suppose the question I have for you is, looking back on your, your work and your contributions to Bond, what is the sort of favorite thing you put together for James Bond?
1: What is the favorite thing I put together for James Bond? I think the suit that uh, Danielle is wearing. I think he never looks so good in a suit. And I think that the whole image of an english gentleman changed um since skyfall because like i was telling you the idea that a a, a suit a man's suit is not anymore related to the city but is related to being sexy in a suit that was i think a very new idea that men don't wear a suit just because they have to look chic but they wear a suit because they have to look good that's something very different i think that's maybe what i i hope that it is what i brought to the James bond series
0: no i mean I, i've definitely bought more suits since skyfall personally uh, so maybe maybe you've influenced uh myself and maybe my bank account slightly
1: <laughs> ah oui but you know you better have one good suit that's 16 jeans huh so for the idea that you can put a suit a tie and a shirt and look amazing i think that's a, a new idea that the suit is not anymore something that uh, a guy is wearing to go to the office or to look formal to take the formality out of a suit and that's what i did in in skyfall and i hope inspector
0: I definitely think you did, and and you know I'm sure a lot of people have taken away design choices from your your contribution to the Bond films and, and influenced and implemented it into their everyday lives with their suit choices. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Calling all agents! Independent podcasting, much like the spy game, requires considerable resources, whether it's research, equipment, hosting, or, of course, constructing a top secret volcano lair we're putting out the call for your support. That's right, as you may know, we've activated the Spy Hearts Patreon, home of our ever-growing lineup of Agents in the Field episodes where we decode non-spy films from your favorite spy actors and full film commentaries with more intel than a Basil Exposition briefing. Cam, what have we got in our crosshairs this month? Look, it's a bird, it's a plane. Nope, wait, it's our coverage of 1978's Superman the movie dropping, and we are going to debate if we still believe a man can fly. And if that sounds delicious, then become a true spy hard today and join the circus at patreon.com slash spyhards. But before this message self-destructs, Cam, resume the spy jinx. But I want to take us away from Bond ever so slightly, but keeping it on spy films because you also costume design for the recent spy film black widow yes so i mean just a quick question with that uh, obviously no, she it's...
1: was never. she was not in a suit if it is what you want to ask
0: <laughs> no it wasn't quite a suit you're quite right but i i suppose you know working with comic book design um it, obviously a completely different thing but it, obviously there's still years worth of back catalogs to go through so how did it go with designing the costumes for the romanov family within black widow
1: Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was a lot of technical research, but I love the technicality of it. Um, I love tailoring. You know, we we put uh, between uh, the junction, those suits are made in different pieces. And between the junction of two pieces, we put a piece of elastic, of elastic fabric. So that's why they were so comfortable. Scarlett loved it. So instead of having a suit in one piece, they were different. They were a puzzle joined together with elastic uh, elastic uh, fabric. So it she could move in it brilliantly no i I loved it i I'll, I I'll, I'll love doing uh, um, black widow, especially the director. The director is 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 brilliant. The cast was brilliant. I mean, you know, Scarlett, Florence. We had we had great David. I mean, we had a great great cast. Uh, Rachel. I mean, incredible. In, the cast was incredible, and the whole uh, shooting was very enjoyable. And I, I love the costume. I wish I could make more because I actually love very much uh, uh, doing uh, Marvel marble film, doing those those character bigger than life. Actually, every film I do, I mean, I love heroes and every film I do with heroes, they are always larger than life. So I don't think that Black Widow was very different than Harry Potter in a way.
0: No, you could definitely see the connective tissue between the two. I suppose the only other Black Widow question I had was, obviously, you had years and years and years of comic book designs as reference. Did you ever look back on those?
1: I didn't look at that. I didn't look at that. I never look at what other people are doing. Because if I do that i lose my integrity i think that when i start designing for a film even if it is a remake i mean i'm not talking about the bomb because i grew up with Bond, so that's something different but when i started like now i i, I just did the house of the dragon i didn't look at the other film i didn't look at uh, uh, um uh, the 10 years of the other one I, I i just wanted to be fresh i need to be fresh i need to start and being uh, and being, uh, that it's not only a question of integrity is a question of not being spoiled but by, by uh, the idea that other people could put in your mind if you understand what i'm saying
0: no i, I totally get it it makes sense but you've uh, led me on beautifully to the next subject i wanted to bring up before i sort of wrap us up and that is your fantastic work on house of the dragon oh thank you um I mean, we've looked at spy films, but the world of fantasy films, Harry Potter, House of the Dragon, obviously a TV show, but other films you've done as well. What's the sort of difference in working in those two types of genres?
1: You know, it's funny because uh, in a way it's always the same and in a way it's always different. Uh, It's always the same because the research is, 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 is the same. How can you design and make it look good and make it look different and make it look personal and in the same time, respect what the director wants to tell. But uh, another way, um, they're all different because um, they are in different worlds. But like I was telling you, this world is the same, is the ability to create a reality, a fantasy who look extremely much like the reality. Because the more real your characters are, and the more real the public and the more and and the more um, uh, lovable they will be for the public the public wants to recognize himself in the character like i have to design i had to design i design harry potter in a way that every single boy could be harry potter i designed a born girl in a way that every woman around the corner can be or think that she can be a born girl and i designed scarlett in a way that a lot of girls a lot of women in their house will make a suit and think that they can be like that and that's always have been my conception for heroes that the more people can identify themselves to them and the more successful the film will be and my character will be so alive
0: I mean, absolutely, and just—I think. Then, looking back at your fantastic work from Harry Potter and your fantastic work that we've seen so far on House of the Dragon, is there a particular costume or design that you put together that really stands out to you as one of your favorites?
1: Well, I love the badgie always. I love Demon. I love Demon because it was—he's such—he's a little macho. Uh, <laughs> Matt is a very. A uh, very beautiful boy a little bit macho and it was so nice to find to give him a skirt to make him feel and then he I gave him that skirt which was based on the on the on the cut of a Japanese of a samurai skirt and then he put it on, and immediately he walked with it. He turned with it, and he loved it. And I thought, that's it. I've got the volume of my costume. He is great. He will wear a skirt, and he will be more sexy than any man, than any other, man than, than Sean Connery in a kilt. I mean, it's the same thing. And then I had little Millie, who played young Renira, with an incredible actress. And she also, I mean, she arrived with a very big, baggy jeans, big shoes, big sweater. And then I gave her a dress. I gave her a tight dress, and then she put it on. And she thought, "Whoa!" <laughs> she walked differently. She acted differently. And those, those two character, um, I, I, I really love what I did for them, because I had. Uh, because I was in a way changing them, and uh, there was a little bit of magic in that.
0: Uh, looking back at your designs over the years, because you have a, a massive filmography of costume design that we could dig into here, is there a design or a costume that you're particularly proud of that you don't think got the love it deserved?
1: Oh no, I I I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think. Um, all the costumes that I designed that I like, they got a lot of love, No, know? I, I, I cannot really think about uh, a character which was... Uh, I think that the public is very clever. People always see, they haven't seen more than what I put in it. You know, I I get I a get, uh, 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 explanation about costume and I think, oh my God, I didn't put too much in it. It just felt good. And then people analyze it and very cleverly. No, I think that in general, um, my fan, the public loved everything I did. No, that you don't. Uh, no, I, I cannot give you an example of that. I'm sorry.
0: No, that's quite all right. It, hey, it, it's nice to be loved. Um, well, I think before we let you go, I have uh, one final question that everyone has that's been on the show has been asked. So I'm going to put you in the hot seat now. Jenny, what is your favorite spy movie of all time?
1: The one that I like to see again and again and again and again. Um, hmm, that's a very, very, very difficult question. It's very hard to say one film that you really love and that you want to see it again.
0: Well, it, we're going to specify it to just spy films because that's what we talk about here on the show. I mean, you could cheat and you could use Skyfall or Spectre if you wanted to.
1: No, well then I will say it is the Prisoner of Azkaban. If it has to be one of the film I did, I think I will say the Prisoner of Azkaban.
0: I mean, prisoner of azkaban is probably one of my favorite harry potter films but i'm going to press you one last time because i don't think i can let you go without getting any answer we're just talking about spy movies so espionage that sort of thing so a spy five, movie. Five, five,
1: five movie um uh it has to be it has to be i mean when i think very quickly oh my god it's very hard it's very it's very hard because I have I have so many. Some somebody asked me what was the twenty best film that I loved. That was easier than when you put one. Um, if it has if it has to be the 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 I like Z of course I gravas very much. I like Gravity that I did, but for different reasons. I uh, like The Battle of Algiers because it's my youth. Actually, I, I, I really enjoy war film, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I realised that. Zed, The uh, Battle of Algiers. Is,
0: there a, uh, is there a particular Bond film from over the years that was a favourite of yours?
1: Oh, my favourite Bond, Octopussy. Because <laughs> it's so kitsch. It's so kitsch. And Skyfall.
0: You had to put Skyfall so, in there. It has to be It's done.
1: too extreme because Octopussy was so kitsch, but in the same time, uh, oh, I forgot to tell you, I love Barbarella. You know that film, Barbarella, and uh, yeah, I, I, I re- actually, if you want to ask me, one of my inspiration for Black Widow was Barbarella. I don't know. It, it has nothing to do with each other. Nothing to do with each other. But um, it's something about Jen Fonda in Barbarella, which is completely unaware of what she is wearing. And it's like if it's normal to walk around like that. And that's what I wanted and and Florence to feel, that they had their suit on, but that it was completely normal to walk around like that. You see what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. And and you just think about Barbarella. It's like a you know strong female-led film. Absolutely.
1: The idea of a second skin. Of course, and I, it's a little bit the same thing that I had for Lea Seydoux in her green dress. It's a second skin. You don't think that you have it on. You don't dress up to dress. You are. It's you. You are like that. It's a sublimation of your personality, of your body, of your sex appeal. But... You don't look dressed up because the, the costume should make you feel, should give you some freedom, not some contraint. Does that answer your question? It
0: certainly does. And and, and yeah, just to, just to say thank you for taking the time to speak to us today, Jenny, on behalf of myself and the show, uh, it's been wonderful talking to you. I think I could do hours talking about costumes with you. But uh, what are you currently working on at the moment?
1: I'm doing Alfonso Cuarón television series uh, called Augustus. With Kate Blanchett.
0: Lovely. And when's that coming out?
1: Um, We still have to shoot till end February, till half February, end February. And then I think it's coming in 23, in, um, I don't know, fourth, 23, something like that. Perfect. It's incredible. 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 There's no other... Well, I mean, it's Alfonso on his best with Chivo Lebriski shooting it and Bruno de Bonner. It's incredible. You will enjoy it very much.
0: Well, it sounds exciting. And uh, all I have to say, Janny, is thank you for taking the time to speak with us today.
1: Thank you for your very, very clever questions.
0: There you go, folks. That was my chat with Miss to Tamim. Thank you, Janny, for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge and all things sartorial and James Bond and I want to say a special thank you to Dr. Luella Chapman who helped me a lot preparing for this interview and was also a big part of the interview but due to audio issues we couldn't get the sound to quite work from her end but I just want to throw a bit of love her way. if you haven't heard of Dr. Luella Chapman check out some of her books including Fashioning James Bond Costume, Gender and Identity in the World of 007 and her special book On From Russia with Love there'll be links to those in the show notes below and in terms of just sort of debriefing the interview as it were I mean those who know me well and those who know me through social media and Cam of course who has to hear my voice every week knows when it comes to all things Sartorio I'm somewhat of a novice I'm usually found wearing lounge pants and an oversized t-shirt at all times of the year but I do appreciate what goes into these films and just hearing about the craft and the, the delicacy of which these films are tackled. It just goes to show that there is a lot of tender loving care that goes into every single costume you see in the Bond films, especially Spectre and Skyfall. I mean, things like the Day of the Dead sequence at the beginning of Spectre wouldn't be here, wouldn't look as visually arresting as they did in the film without people like Chani. So, yeah, I, I think we owe a lot to in terms of the vision of Bond, the visual identity of James Bond to those that costumed 007. But there we are, folks. That was the end of our three-episode discussion on 2015's Spectre. We hope you've enjoyed the deep dive into the fourth Daniel Craig James Bond film but coming up next week on the show usually I throw it to Cam for this but I'm going to take it myself we will be looking at 2008 Body of Lies starring Leonardo DiCaprio from director Ridley Scott and we have a very special guest joining us on the show too so your mission As always, should you choose to accept it, is to check out Body of Lies and join us next week on the show. If you like what you heard on this episode, please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Do not forget to follow us discreetly on social media at SpyHards, that's S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But until next week, listeners, you'll find me practicing my off-screen suit changes.